Welcome, everybody. Hello again. It is that time of the month for Talking XP, where we're going to discuss some of our favorite things, including games, movies, and most importantly, D&D. So thank you all for tuning in. I'm the host, Johnny, and today we have Ryan. How you doing? Pretty good. Pretty good. Right on. Zach, do you have another fact for us this time? Uh, um... I, I don't. I wasn't prepared. I didn't know you guys wanted one. This God time. damn it. Um, uh, sometimes octopuses will punch fish in the face. Cool. That's good enough. I All right, it. Daniel, how are you doing? I'm doing great. The Snyder Cut comes out next week. Right on. Right on. Well, let's get to our schedule where these new episodes of podcasts are going to be released every third Tuesday of each month. But if you're interested, we release other types of D&D content every week on our YouTube channel, so you can find a link in the description and then follow us on there. Make sure to smash that like button and hit that bell. Ring it. Ring so you never miss an update. Oh my god. Anyways, um, <laughs> a little announcements, a few announcements that we have. Um, we have a Patreon, which we've said multiple times already. However, we would like to thank those patrons that have been continuing supporting this podcast and production company that we're running. Yeah, um, this is all your fault. Yes, Stephen and Kristen. In a good way. Thank this you. Very, thank you very much. Thank you. We love you so and much. And an exciting thing, a special thank you to our newest patron, Rebecca. Thank you so much. Hi, Rebecca. She joined our Discord, which you can find a link to in the description, and she came interested in our most recent one shot of the month the pokemon D game that we played we have a uh we have a bunch of maps that we use for that one shot that she came onto the discord and was interested in getting those maps so that she could play herself um the video of that one shot will be on our YouTube channel, which again, we'll have the link in the description, but our Patreon has 31 maps that you can use for that. So anyways, come check out our Patreon, become a supporter if you would like. I mean, it's $1 for the lowest and $3 for the next. So it's not much, but anyways, next announcement is our, this month's uh, one shot of the month will be playing amongst thou. It's exactly what you think. It's a fun way to play Among Us, but with D&D 5e rules and characters. So you can look forward to that on March 31st as we will be live streaming our live recording of our play. Yes, it's a recording, but trust us, it's the only way that we're going to be able to get this to work because of having some people be the imposter and having to have our own recording times off yeah anyways it'll it'll make sense when you watch it just go ahead and follow us on twitch which is uh talking underscore xp and thank you so much to jasper agent at agent jasper on twitter if you guys want to look him up uh thank you so much for allowing us to use this for our stream and please go check in his stuff out either on twitter or on dms guild you can find amongst thou just go ahead and type it in and then he has a bunch of other stuff that you can grab as well and for our last announcement, we are going to be doing our Fantasy Book Club episode where we will be talking about The Stand by Stephen King. We're going to be talking about the book as well as the new TV series that aired on Paramount Plus streaming service. So 
That episode is going to be released on March 30th. So it'll be in podcast formation as well as on our YouTube channel. So go ahead and just check us out for that. But other than that, I think we're good. Let's move into the games, movies, and news. First starting. Sad what, we got, what we got on the list now. We're going to be talking about Breaking our news. Pokemon D&D one-shot that we did do. Um, unfortunately... The Pokemon shit happened since then. (laughs) Yeah, actually, today, the day we're recording, which is March 12th, um, Joe, the DM, the guy that made uh, all of the Pokemon 5e content, is actually um, basically taking away all of the content because there was a there were several violations of intellectual property laws and rules that were set forth by Nintendo and Wizards of the Coast. So. We are unable to share the content of Pokemon 5e, but that doesn't mean that you can't watch us play it. You know, unfortunately, so, uh, you, you can't play it yourselves, but you can sure watch us having fun with it because it, it was a good time. And, it was pretty fun. Yeah, yeah it's like, a you did a lot of good work. Definitely really unfortunate because it was a really great system. It was really fun. They put so much hard work into it, which is really sad to see it have to be taken away. Um, but obviously, sometimes that's just the way it works when you're working with content that is not your own um well well, like i said i was telling you guys earlier like i just want to make it clear that i'm not a lawyer in any way uh professionally trained in law he's He's a lawyer in disguise Um, but i do feel like i don't know how much they actually did illegal like they weren't charging money for it no they were just you know it was a fun game based on a thing everybody loves so it is kind of strange and like you said it was you told us that it was Wizards of the Coast, not Nintendo, that actually cracked down on this thing, right? Yeah, it, it, it looks like it's... So I... That reads to I, me like Wizards of the Coast didn't want to deal with Nintendo. IGN... I, I agree. Yeah, that's the vibe I got. Yeah, IGN made a made a story, and, and Joe the DM made it adamantly clear that IGN was not to blame, and they were actually helping to work on this whole fiasco, but IGN made a story, which I believe made it more publicly known and then that's, that's when Wizard of the Coast or Nintendo or both at the same time noticed this and it was like mm, yeah that's not okay that's not and then okay. that's when they were like think, whether see, or not it's legal they definitely won't like it here, here's the thing about it too uh, the way I, I, I think what happened kind of like what Johnny's saying I'm guessing because of not necessarily IGN's fault by any means uh, but because just in general that the success that Pokemon 5e was having to warrant such coverage by IGN because it was just being so successful Nintendo definitely sees that as competition for their own oh, for sure. things because they they do have a TTRPG of Pokemon somewhere granted it's really? probably not very I mean I know there's a lot of people that are really dedicated in that in that that world and they really like that system so I'm not going to harp on on them for liking it because you like whatever system you like but mm. obviously for a lot of people 5e is very comfortable and 5e right. has is very flexible it fit really well it, while we it, were it, it was fun um I, and Ryan and I were talking about how this could have been such a great potential for Nintendo and D&D Wizards of the Coast to make a partnership and oh, then totally. actually just like buy it off of Joe the DM just buy it off of him and then cuz there were so many people that were interested in this thing and he had already done all of the work 
it was ready to go. It just all they had to do was make their own adventures, and that was so, it. So right there, you've hit upon the crux of the issue. Mm-hmm. Because as someone who is also not a lawyer, but very interested in the law, um, it, it comes down to an issue of control of of the 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 trademark is owned by nintendo and their subsidiaries and it's a huge money-making you know enterprise especially with so the, the the whole thing has to do with control it doesn't really have to do with the quality of the of the the product as much as it has to do with they don't want anybody using their stuff to take attention away from the stuff they're doing you'll also know that of course the reason why we did our 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 5e pokemon was because to celebrate the 25th anniversary Pokemon also just had a big event where they were celebrating their 25th anniversary and they announced a bunch of new games and stuff like that. So they just don't want anybody sucking up the air, especially when it comes to content that they pretty unequivocally own in their entirety. So that, that I, in my opinion, has a large part to do with probably what happened there. Yeah, Um, I agree. The one, the last thing I I did want to say though, is kind of like what Zach was kind of saying. I imagine where it came down was because Wizards of the Coast has very clear policies with fan created content about using not using IP that you have not had permission to use in your own intellectual property, um, just IP, just letting you know. And then also, uh, I imagine because there's a couple other, you know, games out there like there's Star Wars Five E, which is now SW Five E because of legal reasons, which is a great Star Wars Fifth Edition conversion, fantastic. A lot of people did a lot of hard work there. Um, I'm not sure if because Disney has slightly different policies when it comes to fan created content that they're allowed to continue without necessarily having permission permission and i I say that with air quotes uh for those who can't see video because we don't have video uh but um it's probably coming down because nintendo's always been really feisty with their their properties in general oh yeah yes disney has to some extent but also you see there's a whole bunch of like Star Wars stuff in general that are just like you have Ultra Sabers like somebody on the the Star Wars 5e because I immediately as soon as I heard the news I went over the Star Wars 5e Discord and they were talking about Pokemon's like are we next are we gonna be canned and people were saying well maybe like we're 100% in danger of it still but Disney you know isn't as big of a crackdown on stuff like that because otherwise companies like Ultra Saber which make custom lightsabers wouldn't exist you know like which is a very valid point. Um, and it's also important to remember that although Disney owns the property of Star Wars now, it's not an original Disney property, obviously, which I'm pretty sure we're, we're almost all aware of. Whereas Pokemon is whole cloth owned, I'm pretty sure, entirely by Nintendo. Um, as like a first party kind of, of product. And, and because Star Wars was, in this grand scheme of things, relatively recently acquired. There had been a cottage industry of people creating Star Wars-type content prior to their ownership by Disney, regardless. That's true. Um, But where I was going with what I was saying was, in general, because Nintendo's tendencies with their property is is most likely just Wizards of the Coast, like, okay, we don't want to deal with it, kind of like Zach was saying, and just... Yeah, like, I, I feel like with the cultural barrier, they just, for being better safe than sorry. Agreed. Also, they have a lot of lawyers, Nintendo. They do have a yeah. lot of lawyers. Um, one last thing I wanted to say on the matter is, uh, Joe DM, if you're listening, no press is bad press. So, you know, it's got eyes on you, and we're all looking forward to whatever you do next. So, Yeah, definitely. You, you did a great job in the whole conversion. Even if it is 
you know, a violation of laws and stuff like that. It is definitely oh, you did a, hell of a, good a job. great job. I cannot even imagine how many hours went into that work. And, and hey, it shows that you're a good, um, you know, game designer maker. Yeah, designer. Yeah. So, so yeah, we got eyes on you. If you ever want to come on our podcast and chat, I'm sure we'd love to have you on and, uh, you know, discuss not just Pokemon 5e, but uh, plenty of other things as well. Yeah, whatever you have next. Yeah, your plans for the future and everything like that. So, if you do anything else, let us know. So with that, um, let's talk about more D&D-centric stuff, like the Van Richten's Guide to Ravenloft. Um, it's one of D&D Wizard of the Coast's um, new supplements that they're going to be releasing. Um, in May, it's going to be very much focused on Ravenloft and the, you know, the different domains of dread. There's like 30 new. Some are, are old ones as well. But yeah, there's 30 domains of dread in total. There's two new subclasses, a bard subclass, College of Spirits, and then an undead pact of the warlock, which is super cool and crazy. So cool. So cool. They've they've shown, you know, little very tidbits here and there. Um, you have different lineages, which is basically like New character um, races, but races. But it's kind of going the origin approach to races in the same way that Tasha's Cauldron was handling that. Um, so I, I imagine you can be any race, but then your lineage is what your actual like race stats are. I keep right. doing air quotes. Right. <laughs> yeah. So so the first one is Dampire, which there's like different types that you can be ones with blood ones with dreams i saw and that's cool yeah it's it's pretty it's Whoa. pretty cool yeah, it's basically then, being a some kind of vampire of yeah the different energy sources of, different of, of types. life yeah, yeah. you're like right. freddy krueger in dnd yeah and then you have hex blood which is basically a hag kind of creature which is kind of cool keep saying cool um, words and keep then reborn up. which is yep. like uh, Revenant-ish it, it, type of kind character. of. It, it's almost more zombie-like in a way, um, right? With how it's written, but it, it's brains. You kind of play as an undead. Yeah, it's kind of exactly brains. Which here's the other cool, interesting yeah, thing brains. that they're doing with the lineages is all these races, or, or I guess I always call it lineages because that's what they're calling it, is lineages. But all of the these things are introducing a new thing into the character races where you can have a multi-type of 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 classification of your race as in like vampire is a, a undead humanoid and they have the hex blood gotcha, which is a gotcha. fey a humanoid and so now they're they're making it so you have multiple in quote tags added on um to your character and reborn would be undead hum- or, or i said actually it's re it's either construct or undead because uh i think I, when i was reading it it's kind of like frankenstein as well depending oh, on that's how cool. you, that's okay. you do it so like a um, flesh mound rather than yeah that's cool right on okay and then and then also they have dark gifts which if you're not uh very you know knowledgeable about curse of strahd or ravenloft in general dark gifts are a very important part of of ravenloft in general and domains of dread the domains of dread um i'm not going to go too much into it just so that we don't have any spoilers but dark gifts are very good for the dm um, and then they're also going to have a, a bit of a haunted adventure inside of it as well. So you can actually test out all of these things. So yeah. the one thing I'm really excited about is one of the domains of dread. I don't know which one it's called, but it's going to be basically a zombie apocalypse type thing inside this, Brad. this gothic horror, that sounds like fun. um, 
world. So that's and there are thirty in total, including that one, Holy and then shit. Curse of Strahd, wow, which okay. is Strahd's domain of dread. So and there's go on. There's just so many, so it just it's gonna be yeah, sick. Yeah, it's crazy. And then uh, other thing they're adding too there are some new creatures. And they're one of the things I remember reading was the vampiric mind flare. So curious to see how uh, oh, they're fuck. making a mind flare more evil. As if they couldn't, um, as if they weren't bad enough. Yeah, I know. As it is. So, yeah, those of you who've is... listened to our podcast before, you'll know that we've been have yeah. a very been tricky situation with mind flares, but yeah. So that is Van Richten's Guide to Ravenloft. Like I said, it's going to be released in May. We'll have more information as more information comes out in our later podcasts and stuff. So look forward to that. Uh, One of the more sooner releases is going to be the Candlekeep Mysteries, which is a collection of 17 separate one-shot type mystery adventures which the i say one shot but they're about 10 to 12 pages long which might not be one shot it might be over a few different sessions but they're all self-contained and they go from adventures right they go from level one to 16 so super cool idea wide range it's gonna be released on march 16th which actually is the day this podcast is coming out so if you're listening to it now now. you can get it now yeah there you go um and then they also have a candlekeep library map in there which is kind of cool candlekeep is a library just south of Baldur's gate in the forgotten realms it's featured in the descent into avernus uh adventure i ran it for like a little bit and then anyways so and I, I imagine we'll probably end up playing at least one of these different one shots because I mean they're all I'm ten sure to twelve will. pages long, so they're yeah pretty yeah, quick to down. get through. Still. Yeah. So with that aside, there was also some new Unearthed Arcana that was released uh, recently. The uh, what it's was it folk, called again? Folk of the Feywild. Right. Folk of the Feywild. They have four different uh, races, or I don't know if they're going with that lineage. No, they're races. They're, they're races. In um, this. You have owl folk. You have oh, rabbit yeah. folk, fairy, also and cool. hobgoblins yeah. of the Feywild. So, they're pretty cool. I'm very excited to play an owl. You bet money that'll be my next. The the owl ones are actually really cool. I want a hobgoblin so bad. The hobgoblin has a pretty cool ability as well. It's not going to be as cool as an owl. You can bet 100% my next main character is going to be a fucking owl. You are incorrect. The... The owl has flying speed equal to your movement, and the cool thing too is if you start falling, you can use your reaction immediately to just hover in space, and you don't have to fall that's at all. Pretty, that's pretty cool. And see, that was the thing that I was looking at is that an owl that can fly. Why would it ever fall? Owls can fly, right? Of course, but why would it ever fall? Uh, to dive really fast to catch a mouse. Well, I got the idea when I was reading the description that it's not like like full flight. Like it's like you've got these like wings and but you can't like like I thought it was really just like a hover type deal. Nope, it's no, it's, like it's, it's, it's flying it's, speed. It's, yeah, it's full on flying because it would yeah. say hover. The fairy, the fairy is also interesting. Then I don't know how you could fall <laughs> by choice, I guess. Well, I mean, the, the way you, you would fall would be if you get knocked off and you can. I was telling this to Johnny earlier. So like, if you're on like a bridge, kind of like. Uh, a potential encounter that we might be releasing in the future. Um, you know, if you get forcibly knocked off of something on not your turn, you're going to fall 60 feet right away. You can instead just stay 
parallel to the the bridge and not have to be knocked off at all which potentially because your movement speed is only 30 feet as an owl if you fall down 60 feet you're only get up half of that without taking a dash action so that's why i think where it comes into play is changing the battlefield in that aspect i guess not having to deal with falling at all but then my my that's next cool. thing would have been why would i be walking on the bridge to begin with that's fair. Got a solid point. Solid <laughs> but point. regardless, if there ever is a point that you are falling as an owl folk, you can. I'm sure the DM will figure see, one out. The, the only sure. other way I could see it is they they don't have it written in in this unearthed arcana. But the only way I could see it is both the fairy and the owl take concentration to fly. That's the only other thing I can think of. Because if you also, get concentration knocked out, then there's that. Because I Let's saw that the, the fairies, they have fly. It's like a magical thing. And then they can also have wings. My question is, what if the owl folk, their wings are like their arms? So maybe if you like have a weapon, like if you're like doing something, maybe then you wouldn't be able to fly. Like what if, like, I that's don't know point. if they're like separate wings to your arms or not. Like that's the thing I don't understand right now. That seems more you know, like that, aesthetically likely. Yeah. Because if your owl... wings are your arms and you're already using your arms for something, then yeah. you wouldn't be able to fly. Most big mm-hmm. owls... Have, wi- have like arms. D and D, we need answers. Give yeah. me alpha pictures. Yeah, we're gonna need those pictures for sure. So you can go ahead and send it over. The one, the one last one I, I do want to mention is the rabbit folk was definitely a little bit disappointing with how it was written. Uh, oh damn! Because because they have the jumping ability. Like immediately, I think of rabbits. I think of fast, and you immediately, I would have thought that oh. The rabbit would have like maybe 35 or 40 movement speed. It's just 30, and then you have a jump ability that doesn't cost movement, but you have to roll 1d12. And you, basically, what you have to do is you move at least five feet, and then you can jump up to 1d12 feet. So anywhere be one and 12 feet. That's stupid. Just make it a flat 10 Wait, feet. That's like that's you. That's not even going to be two squares. <laughs> I mean, it, it, it could if you, a, if you got over 12. If you got 12, you got it'd be two. Roll, yeah, but. but generally that's going to be like one and a half squares that's not very right and that's what i was going to say is that like do you round down do you round up i guess if yeah, you that's roll a one granular. do you run or do you jump one foot only or five feet or yeah see i think what i think just, what about vertical though so he, here's here's the thing i think because there's a jump spell i think an easy thing that they could have done for their jump thing is just say hey your jump now has two times normal jump distance and it doesn't cost movement or or, or do a combination of, oh, you have two times jump height, and then you can go uh, 10 feet with a jump. And just don't make it a roll, because ma- it makes no sense to have it a roll. Listen, listen, but, folk, listeners at home, I just want you to know, you didn't hear this from me. Keep this very hush-hush. This is a big secret. You can homebrew whatever the hell you want, so just change it. Oh, my shh, God. Just what? Just change it. Just shh, shh. You can just change Heresy. it. But, you know, but what if Nintendo sues me? But here, here's shh, the thing. You didn't hear it from me. Not a lawyer. Here's the thing, too, though. I mean, the reason they do this Unearthed Arcana is so we can give them this feedback and they can change it for the the final release. So I'm sure it will be changed, whether they keep all of these or not. If, who knows? If but, they change it, you did hear it from me. Well, we do send every episode of our podcast directly to Wizards of the Coast. Yeah, and they, they listen to every feedback. So. Yeah, they listen to everything. Well, here's the thing, Daniel. They have a survey after each of these are released you can go complete the survey so if you or don't you like something upload an MP3 go, file go to wizards the of the thing. coast uh website on dnd beyond or D- it's somewhere on, so. wherever yeah. yeah and you can just fill out their their survey that they release afterwards i'm not sure how far off they they let it be released before they do that um but check that out if you want to actually interact i'm sure they appreciate it that that probably is is helpful but uh, change it at home Shh. um 
and then lastly, what's very interesting to me is that there's these four new Fae-based races, which says to me, uh, and I, I know we were talking about Jack to Jack Duncan during our Fairy Coffins thing, is that they don't really have a whole lot of Fae stuff right now, which says to me they're going to be releasing some Fae-based adventures or Fae-based something, some kind Into of that. supplements, which would be interesting. Yeah. So... With that aside, go ahead and take a look at... Um, we'll probably have the link in the description to the Unearthed Arcana stuff. So, just go ahead and take a look. It's pretty interesting. Um, our next topic is the Baldur's Gate 3 update. It'll be really brief. They added a new druid class to the game with wild shape and everything like that, which seems pretty interesting. I haven't had the chance to play it just yet, but they also have more interactions that you can do as the druid because druids are kind of a big deal in the um At least in the, the first play act. testing. Yeah. So there's one like really interesting thing cuz I haven't really interacted with it the new stuff yet either, but I know I did watch somebody's gameplay where they play as a tiefling druid, and if you play through the first act, you'll know that tieflings are there's a very big part as well as the druids in the same encampment that they're they're in or at least the druid grove and so the way they interact with you is they don't see you as a druid they see you as a tiefling and they 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 kind of lump you in with the other tieflings and then on the the flip side when you're acting interacting with the tieflings they see you as a druid and not as a tiefling so it's very interesting interactions Hmm. you can have depending on the race and and class that you choose so Interesting. it's cool just how much depth they, they've added to the game in general for just everything. Yeah, and they only have the first act available currently, but, I mean, they're going to continue updating. So go ahead and check it out if you're interested. It's it's pretty interesting. I, I had fun playing with it when they first released it. So Sounds really cool. Go ahead and check out Baldur's Gate 3 if you want, if you're interested in that. Um, Daniel, you wanted to talk about the Snyder Cut. Yes, I did. Oh, um, so I'm going to, you know, I don't have too much to say, but I've just, I've been very excited about the Snyder Cut for a while. I was one of the people pretty early on when I heard that it was a thing. I was hoping that we get a chance to see it. I never really thought we would. Um, and so I've just been really stoked for it to come out. And the main reason, and I feel like I have to defend myself because I've seen a lot of think pieces on the internet lately about how releasing the Snyder Cut reinforces like this toxic fandom or something. I just feel like that's kind of unfair, and I feel like people haven't been... The reason why I'm excited about it is because of my experience as an artist, um, where rarely in life do we get the opportunity to see two takes on the same thing. And I've I've heard a lot of people say, well, yeah, but it's going to be just the same movie. It's just going to be recut. It's just going to be re-edited. Like, how is it going to be different? To which I would respond, well, isn't editing, like, like the whole thing? Like, isn't that what, what makes the movie? Um... And, and I've, I've heard that they've had like, like hours of unused footage. Correct, and footage that they had to to add VFX to. Like, there is going to be stuff in there that we haven't had a chance to see, even if it's not freshly filmed. And so I'm I just really excited. Stuff. Maybe that's not true, but I heard they shot some new stuff. They like, definitely put some like new two effects minutes, over stuff. Like two minutes worth of new stuff. Mm-hmm. They they've they've told us how okay. much stuff there is. There's very little. They they've been very upfront about that, and they should be because they don't want to missell people's expectations. Yeah, like Spider Man Two. Exactly. And so so you know I'm still thing- salty about that. The Amazing Spider Man two. Oh amazing. Remember Spider-Man when they, they advertised fighting Rhino? Oh, right, and they had it at the end clip. And then they fucking ended it right before it even happened. I oh, oh I, man. 
Yeah, that was pretty bad. That was pretty bad. I stormed out of the fucking movie theater. I was, well, it was so good because it was the end of the movie, so you're already so, done. Shut up, Zach. That's exactly what makes me excited because, in my opinion, you know, from my experience, whenever you want to make something, the only way to make something that's good is to commit. And what I think happened with the first Justice League is Zack Snyder had his vision, unfortunately had to leave the project, and Joss Whedon came in. But Joss Whedon didn't finish Zack Snyder's version of Justice League. He said, no, I'm going to make my version of Justice League, but he couldn't refilm everything. So he just reshot some stuff. He edited stuff. He changed the way that things were supposed to progress. And we kind of got this mishmash of nothing because he didn't really commit to the, the point of what it was doing. And so now we get to see Zack Snyder's vision fully carried out. And I don't necessarily think this is going to be a great movie. I don't even know if it's going to be a there good movie. Okay. What I all want right. to that's see all is something that's different. I want to see a different take. And if it's different, I'll be excited. And I don't see how it couldn't be. So that's where my expectations are at. That's why I'm so excited. And the best example I can also think whenever people are like, yeah, but it's just editing that's different. There's this play that we learn about when we're in, when you're in acting school, or theater school, called Wojciech. And this play, Wojciech, it was this play that was discovered in a desk like 100 years after it was written. And all it is, it's a collection of scenes. And so anytime someone wants to direct the play Wojciech, they have the opportunity to reorganize those scenes in whatever way makes sense for them. Now, there's a pretty kind of like a standard way that the play's understood. So most versions of it, the scenes progress in the same way. But there's always a chance that depending on where you see it and what translation you're getting, you might get a different experience of Wojciech just by reorganizing the way that those scenes work. Interesting. that's kind of the way that I see the Snatter Cut. I'm really excited. We don't get that opportunity very much to see two versions of the same thing, so that's what makes me that's so fair. I mean, for it. I feel like you could say that about any play. Granted, Wojciech is a very unique situation, but, I mean, obviously, different directors interpreting the different scripts and just how you do the production in general. That's it's just always going to be thing. different. Yeah. So. Okay, so, like, that makes actually puts things into, into a pretty good perspective. So we've been talking for, like... You've been talking about months, weeks about how excited you are for this thing. And I couldn't figure out exactly how ironic you were being. And that makes a lot of sense. And I can get behind, like, seeing a whole new interpretation of the same movie. That's pretty interesting. This Wojciech thing sounds pretty dope. I'm going to look into that. That sounds very interesting. That said, and, like, I never watched the original Justice League. DC movies aren't super my thing. Yeah, and I heard it was bad, so I was like, ah, whatever, I'm not going to waste my time. Exactly. That said, um, like, I don't know that I'm going to watch the Snyder Cut either, because uh, Batman v Superman was like a hot mess, and oh, God, Man of Steel it. wasn't great before it, so like, I don't have a whole lot of confidence in Zack Snyder anymore. I have a soft spot for Man of Steel, but I understand that a lot of that's not a lot of people cups of tea. It was okay, but it wasn't, you know, I see the problems. But I like, rewatched it very recently, so... <laughs> man batman v superman was bad oh, god hot garbage hot garbage so i'm like i don't know oh your I mom has the same Martha? name as mine oh we're best friends now oh metropolis is right across the river from gotham how convenient oh i didn't know that this was stepbrothers and we just became best friends so yeah i don't i don't have a lot of confidence on the flip side the jimmy kimmel the jimmy kimmel man of or man or Superman versus Batman uh, sketch that they did 
freaking hilarious. All right, we'll accept that. That's I haven't seen that. Haven't, haven't seen, seen it. I'll check, check it out. Later. Yeah, we'll, yeah, we'll link it in the description. Jimmy Kimmel yeah, yeah, yeah. recognizes Batman at the party where Lex oh, Luthor is. Oh, I have seen that. Right, and he's yeah. like, "Get away from me! What are you doing?" It's like, "Oh yeah, you're Batman." And everybody's like, "Hey, everybody, look! It's Batman!" And then, and then, yeah, and then Clark Kent shows up. It's like, dumb. "Hey, you're Superman! Superman and Batman!" Oh my All right, god, that might be pretty. So at least one good thing came out of it. But the point is, it's cool that this thing's getting reorganized. Um, but I don't have a lot of confidence in it anyway. And maybe people should chill and not yell so much about stuff like this. Like, it's cool. But, uh, uh, is that a people really yell. Maybe I'm in the wrong corners. Of the oh, internet. man, people were so loud and annoying get, about like, this. weird about it. They were so Do you not so remember the, the, uh, the Joker? Never mind. We're not even going to get into that. We're just going to leave, we it, leave there. it there. We live like, in a we're going to leave it there. <sighs> we're leaving it you, there. You yes. It. You got it in yes. there. But, like, that is such a... Dense, just chill out of your movies. It's, fine. it's such a dense meme that you have to like unpack in order to actually <laughs> understand that we're not going to do it. Just go look it up. Anyways, Snyder cut out of the way. Let's talk about some Kickstarters oh, that we. Sorry. That we, yes, go ahead. We're also we're going to be doing a review of the Snyder cut. Oh, we'll release yes. it in about a, like a couple of days after it comes out. It's probably just going to be me and whoever else has seen it. It's not going to be super long, but I'm excited to talk about it. Hopefully you guys will have seen it and you can jump in with your opinions as well. Yeah. Look out for the, uh, for the release. Like I said, follow us on YouTube. It's probably going to be on there. So um, with that aside, there are a few Kickstarters that we kind of want to shout out for uh, things that we're kind of excited for. Uh, first being there's this one called unfamiliar it's a D&D 5e rule set for playing former adventurers familiars. Yeah, just in the like idea an adventuring type. Playing a familiar so, as a player character just sounds cool. That I mean, sounds really cool. Johnny, Johnny asked me earlier when I was announcing this, like, who is this audience for? It's like, well, there's the audience for it because there's people commenting all over the place about it. So I, I, we will specify this. This one is not out yet on Kickstarter, but it is going to be one that's coming soon. So definitely check that out. It, it sounds cool. Um... I mean, yeah, they have like 49 followers on their actual Kickstarter already. So it looks it looks interesting. And I think that it would open up some interesting adventures that you can run as a DM just to sure. you know, shake things up a bit. I mean, heck, um, even when we're doing the Pokemon uh, 5e, like you guys are joking about like, oh, what if we do a thing where we have to play as the Pokemon to go rescue our trainers or something like that? Like, that's kind of the same general vibe. Yeah, that's a really cool but, idea. Don't do the Pokemon anymore. We can't yeah. do that. But this is a really good replacement. Do you guys know like uh, like what their goal is? What they're at? Do you have that? Ready? They, no, they they don't oh, really have cool. any information on their Kickstarter just yet. Like we said, it's it's coming soon. So oh, the just keep okay. yeah, just keep keep an eye out for that. Another one that we were looking at was the Encyclopedia Lore Book and Toolbox. Um, it is three hundred and sixty pages of ready to use cities, locations, NPCs, and different stories. Um, if you're a DM that wants to homebrew a world campaign, whatever, this would be pretty cool. So we'll have a link tool. in the description as well. Yeah, the day that this comes out, there's going to be 16 days left on that Kickstarter. So definitely check it out sooner than later. Um, they already passed their, their goal, but it seems oh, like yeah. a very interesting. It's uh, good to get it on the ground floor. Go check it out. Yeah, interesting lore book. And then we have the Palace of 1001 Rooms. This one is in a second phase of their release where they have chapters three, four, and five that you can go ahead and back. Um, it's a super duper mega dungeon palace with 
literally 1001 rooms and each room is kind of like its own thing where you can have like an encounter in each type of thing it looks pretty interesting um you can totally just piecemeal it into a dungeon that you're creating as a dm so that's one of the cool ideas that you can use it for or just fucking run it if you want go for yeah, it it'd be pretty intense <laughs> I mean, a lot of yeah, reading set aside um, a weekend and just fucking go at it and just, just read through everything just to make oh my it God. just to make it really clear too so the way it works since this is chapters three four and five each chapter is about a hundred rooms and so they they we don't want to mislead you thinking that there's a thousand and one rooms in this this is going to be up to like room 500 or 600 i'm not sure what it is but basically they're planning it's to have still up to 10 way chapters. more dungeon than you need it, yeah, yeah a lot it's a lot and i so, think i think if you you get onto that and and uh i think each room is about a page worth of stuff and um, so yeah there's gonna lot. be unfortunately when this comes out there's only gonna be four days left on it um and i know they're very definitely get on not close one. to making their goal at all so so we'll check see. them out and back them up if you want that kind of content and the last one is pretty cool uh it's called pixels electronic dice which i will say i heard of from a polygon article i just want to give credit where credit's due i did not find this on my own it looks pretty cool uh, their lowest backing is $40 for a D20, but that D20 is LED. It lights up all sides. You have, it's Bluetooth capable. It connects to your phone and you can program Whoa. it to do certain things. Like and then it 20s? also like, works like, like, like with Roll20. Like 20 20. No, and I mean Foundry. like only Roll20s? Like Not only. I, oh, like oh, no, no, no. Like every every single it? time. No, can I roll? Can I program it to roll a 20 every single time? I don't know. No, you, you still roll the dice? Yeah, and then it lands on 20 because I programmed it with my good phone. Maybe. No. You might have, you might have to back them and, and find out. All right, yeah. Regardless, though, the fact that they are working with Roll20 and Foundry to make this work to roll your dice for your attacks, that I'm not entirely really cool. sure how that's going to play out on our end. Not what I was going for, end, but it is really cool. But the fact that they're doing that, that's pretty cool. It's pretty um, sweet, yeah. yeah. I, I, because that's one of the... That's one of the worst things about playing online is that you can't actually roll dice unless you're the DM in certain cases but I mean you can but it's just like I would having certainly it, appreciate having to, right. to roll, like, having that ability to just roll an actual Man, dice and have it connect to roll 20 would be so cool so yeah. go ahead and check out their, their Kickstarter as well um, so with all of those topics out of the way we're going to be having a discussion of WandaVision at the very end of this episode with full spoilers as we talk about WandaVision as a whole. So just letting you know, if you're interested, go ahead and stay tuned at the very end of the episode, and then you can hear our discussion about that on what we felt and how we thought about the whole... Big, big finale spoilers. Go watch right. the whole season before you listen to this. All right, with all of those topics out of the way, let's go ahead and move into our one-minute one-shot, where one of us takes on the role of DM and creates a simple obstacle that we all have to attempt to solve. This month, I am going to be DMing, and I have an interesting high-level one-minute one-shot that I wanted to throw at you all, see what you guys thought. So... You find yourselves at the edge of the universe, in an unknown plane ruled by the Lord of Liches, the Keeper of Secrets, the Whispered One, Vecna. 
He's killed every single one of your party members, except for your one cleric, who happens to be your partner in life. The glowing, go- the glowing eyes of this evil god looks down at your partner, casting a spell that you recognize to be Finger of Death. As he points and begins his incantation, you know he's about to kill her. Or him. Or them. But you look down at your spellbook on your initiative turn. You've been holding on to your ninth level spell for this exact moment. You begin to cast Wish. What is the wish you make? Interesting. This is a, a Okay, this is a little... All right. Okay. I got it. All right. Just understand that when you cast Wish, the more complex the wish is, the harder it is to do... That's okay, this is not a complex wish. All right, all right. Hold on, hang on. On what scale? Harder how? Like, do are we rolling success or what? I don't know if we're going to roll success. No, Um, but I know, I mean, like, how does... How does the wish work? Is it like a monkey's paw? Like it's you don't like a exact- monkey's paw in some instances. It depends okay. on what kind of wording you use for your wish. So, okay. so, so just be, be careful. I also, I do want to mention real quick that we have uh, off camera in our own games dealt with this Vecna asshole before and he's a real slimy little trickster jackass. I just don't like it. That's, that's all I'm trying to say. Yeah. Okay. Go ahead, Dave. So I want to just I just want to start by saying I'm just going to read off the description of the spell Finger of Death because this is important to what I'm going to do. That's here. also good to know. Yes. So Finger of Death, you send negative energy coursing through a creature that you can see within range, causing it searing pain. Okay, this is the key part of my wish. You see, I'm going to wish for a mirror. Okay, I'm going to wish okay. for a mirror. I'm going to put it right in front of me and my partner at the same moment when Vecna has already cast this spell, all right? So who's the only person Vecna can see after this spell is cast? Well, that's Vecna. So Vecna's going to finger of death himself. Boom. He's going to finger himself. That's right. right. (laughs) To death. I was was holding it back. Okay. (laughs) All right. I like that. That's a good good way of uh, fixing that issue. Okay. Ryan, Zach. Uh, That's so tough. Spoilers. Mm -hmm. uh, Spoilers for Critical Role. Um, I'm not sure what episode. I think it was a campaign one. Oh. Uh, But I do know that similar to what Daniel just said, that there's something similar that happened. Like there was somebody who was going to do like an instant kill. It was disintegration. That's what it was. Somebody was going to cast disintegration and the bad guy uh, redirected it into one of the party members with some I'm not sure what 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 spell it was but they somehow there there was another time in campaign 2 where that happened where there I was know, like I, a big I, bad I saw I saw a yeah. mashup of both of them side it by side didn't it didn't actually hit so but anyways yeah yeah but with that aside yeah for this situation that's what it made me think of uh, yeah 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 See, at that point, I feel like Vecna just wouldn't cast it. Like, he, he would just hold it. like For the mirror? Yeah, like, there's no reason. Well, no, but, but, I'm, but I'm, what I'm are you but, at the but same the, time. But what are you doing? Right, right, right. right yeah, right, exactly. Right, right. You're not the DM, Ryan. Stay in your lane. Okay. Do you have an answer, Ryan? I think I got some. I don't yet. Okay, so I feel like 
here's, I'm going to say some wild shit, and here's my justification for it before I say it. I feel That's like whole point. this is a pretty dangerous situation, and I'm I'm operating on, like, split-second decisions, which means that I don't really have time to plan out a wish. I just got to go with the first thing that comes to mind. And the first thing that came to my mind when you said this, and I've been trying to, like, plan it out, but we're just going to go with it. I would wish that spells were never a thing. Wow. Okay. Okay. Wish for no more magic. So there, n- that there wasn't even ooh. magic to begin with. That's a... Ooh. Just nip it right in the bud. All right. All right. That's a campaign ending spell. I like it. I like the idea. Yeah. We'll get to that at the end once Ryan has his answer. That's, but that's, I'm locking it in. That's what I'm going with. That's a good idea. Okay. All right, Ryan. What is your answer? Um. So it says... You can grant up to 10 creatures you can see resistant to a damage type if you choose. I would wish for her to be resistant to necrotic damage. Okay. Uh, okay. I'm, well, I guess it depends Like, if we're really low health. if That that wouldn't work very well if she's already pretty low health. Um, right. And this is... All of your party members have died. So... Okay, then here... Other than that how, one. How many you, party members do we have? And, like, uh, uh, we're ninth level spells. So we're probably, what, 18th level at this point? Sure. I can't. Well, I'm a cat in. She's freaking the hell out of here. Right I would say, how is how is Vecna looking right now? I mean, I mean, he's taking some hits. I mean, sure. he's looking pretty beat up. Yeah, sure. I, I, I is it just my party here? Or is there a, a larger fighting force here that's that's fighting with it's, us? Well, I mean, they're the rest of your party members are dead. D e d dead. Right. I know. I get that. I get that. But was it? Is it just? Uh, my group, or is there other people here at the edge of the no, universe? No, it's just cronies? you okay. and the cleric left. That's well, it. I, I understand. I'm saying how many bodies are here, though, that we're oh, fighting. Oh, bodies. That's up to you. I didn't I didn't put that in the description. Five. All right. Well, I mean, assuming that we're fighting Vecna just alone, I, I, I mean, I imagine there might have been another fighting force maybe with us, but just going with the fact that maybe it's just the a party for we're all 18th level. If he's already taken some hits and he's looking rough, I will cast Wish to resurrect all my party members, and then, uh... But that yeah. doesn't save your girl. No, but all right. if we can take Vecna down, we can resurrect all right. her still another way. I have not, I can If I survive, I can keep wishing people back to life, you know, after... Maybe. If, after, if every, after every wish, you have to roll a, a D100, um, and you have a 33% chance in order to never be able to cast Wish again. Oh, brutal. Well, even then, I can still, you could still resurrect them. I mean, so. True. And we're 18th level, so, I mean, money is probably not going to be an issue, so. All right, let's open up Finger of Death, because I believe there is a caveat to all of this. All right, so, let's start in the order of answers. Daniel, your mirror, you wish a mirror to be placed between you and and Vecna at that time that he casts Finger of Death. I would say that with that, he wouldn't be able to see you as he casts it. And since it's a reaction, I would say that he does go through with the the cast. And as he points, he is unable to see. The Finger of Death does not hit. Which brings a whole new round 
And that was your last spell slot. Lame, okay. But you did live. But, the but, finger but, of death didn't kill anybody. But Maybe it was Vecna's last spell slot, too. But he can see a creature. See, this is, this is my... This is my, I'm just going to argue with you just a little bit. He can see one creature. It just happens to be himself. And the reason why I looked to see what the text said is it's a beam of negative energy. And as we know, mirrors reflect everything. <laughs> uh, <laughs> all right, all right. All right, so, go ahead and roll a, roll a, roll a d20. Thank just you. Just to throw uh, that chaotic energy in there. I'll take that. Uh, d20... Uh... Roll. Uh, okay, let's roll. We got an eleven. <laughs> may I? May I? Uh, just real quick, ask: Were you pointing the mirror at the right angle to point it back? Well, that's him? part of the wish. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, but you didn't say there was a mirror. And it was placed in between, but that doesn't well, mean that it was I a proper angle. I might put it right in front of this. So that way it would be nah. like straight back so it seems whatever. I would say... I mean, Maybe it's I'm, like one of those suntan reflectors and it bounces all over the hell place. I would, I would even give... I would give Vecna probably... He would most likely have immunity to necrotic damage, being the Lord of Liches, the King of Undead. So, unfortunately, I whatever, would say I'm that... Whatever, I'm still proud of my decision. No, it was a good. It was a good call. It was a good call. You survived Zach. the round at least. Zach, going to yours. What up? You. This has got to be some like pretty cataclysmic. <sighs> How do you even make a call on this? Go ahead and roll a d twenty. All right. Let's see what happens, and we'll go from there. I got a nine. All right. You. Being the person that is casting a spell to say that spells are no longer, have never, ever, in existence, been been a thing. This is a cataclysmic casting of Wish. I would say that, I mean, God, Vecna wouldn't even be a thing in this case. You probably wouldn't even be there. You, I'd be off in some cottage with my partner, just... I the world might not even be a thing. Probably I mean, the world wouldn't. was created yeah. through magic. I know. It's pretty wild, huh? Man, I would have to say that, like, the next session would have to be you guys either teleporting outside of the universe in general and having to fix the fucking mess you just created. <laughs> or I think that that is probably the best. You, you, you escaped. Yeah, we did. We you. lived. I lived, bitch. You did. I did. You made yeah. it out, and mm-hmm. that is it. I mean, the world, the universe that you know is fucking gone. And it probably changed the entire course of history, so my life is a completely different thing, and I'm living off with... So, you know, funny enough, that's exactly what's happened, and that's that's how we're living here today on Earth, is because exactly. of that. Or exactly. it's the start of your next campaign. Who knows? There's infinite possibilities... That All of them where I still have my cleric partner and everything's fine. I don't know Vecna because did your not cleric partner, us. your cleric partner, you met on the road when you were listen, adventuring. John, listen, listen. I don't care what it says in the rule books. Love always finds a way. Shut the fuck. <laughs> All right. Well, with with a nine, it fucking didn't. So no, it's, Ryan. Not, it's not a rule thing. Always yes. fine. I love you, cleric. You look like you had an epiphany while I was answering Zach's. I did, kind of, but no, I'm just going to keep with what I had for now. All right. 
So you resurrect the rest of your party just as the finger of death shoots your cleric down. Wait, I would just hold it. I would just hold it till after she died and just bring her back also. That's stupid. All right. Well, I mean, if you, okay, if you hold it. My reaction would be as soon as he's done. Because it's like. All right. All right. Well. Smart. Plan. uh, After, after finger of death. I'm good. A humanoid killed by the spell rises at the start of the next turn as a zombie and is permanently under the, their control, unfortunately. So, well, it would as, you hold, way. as you hold, they come back up as a zombie under the control of Vecna. You bring the rest of your party members up and have quite the battle. Johnny, I have a question. Um... If instead of wishing for a mirror, if after Vecna cast a spell, if I'd wished for Vecna to switch places with my partner, would he then have gotten hit by his own spell? I mean... But he's still immune, so it still would be the same. Yeah, he's I know, still I didn't see anything about him being immune. I did do a little a little, a little searchy search, but There's the internet no real was stats. inconclusive. Yeah. Uh, Wait, I have oh, an idea! <laughs> Oh God! Here it uh, is. Someone's right. gonna top my idea. But well, yeah, let's hear it. So uh, let's see. Uh, what is a good? Ra- is there any any race that is immune to anything? Just or a class that gets immunity? Dragonborn. Dragonborn. I know, but like that's that's not immune. That's resistant, right? Oh, immune. Uh, I don't know uh, if I anybody's think immune. Really exists. Um, yeah. Paladins are immune to certain things. You yeah, could, but you could be paladin. a half orc that just comes back with relentless endurance. Yeah, there you go. My uh, my Your my cleric my cleric my, my yeah is a uh, half orc there. Just gets hit by all that <laughs> necrotic energy and just like <laughs> that the best you got. <laughs> <laughs> Man, that would really freak Vecna takes, out though. Can you imagine? No, takes um, seventy eight plus thirty necrotic damage and just spits in his eye like yeah. That's there it. you go. That's my solution. She's a half orc, or he's so a half you, orc. So you so you wish that they're a half orc at that moment? No, they were a half orc the oh, whole okay. time. Already here, are. Already here, here's are. the okay. thing, Johnny. So they right. are a half orc. So they come back up with one hit point, and okay. I then use my thing to. Uh, oh, you know what? I completely missed it. It's you. They regain all hit points. I, I was reading it as you revive multiple people. Mm. That's that's where I was messing up. I'm not going to do that. Mm-hmm. That'd be stupid as hell. Uh, <laughs> I would then still make it so their uh, the wish would be to make them um, like resistant to necrotic damage, and then if they're a half fork, I mean, I guess it doesn't really matter anyways. Never mind. So then, what are you going to uh, do with your spell? Yeah. Wish wish for spells to not be a thing. It worked out really good for me. <laughs> Just destroy the universe. We made it's it fun. out okay, oh guys. We made it out okay. Love finds a way. We're still together. I love you, cleric. We'll always be together. In any my my epiphany that I had was I was gonna wish for Vecna to miss. Okay. That's pretty good. Okay. Solid. Yeah. Alright. That's a solid that's a solid yeah, that's, that's definitely. A, that's, there's no monkey's now, paw on that. With that, I would say yeah, definitely. That that could work. It he misses, and you know the the half orc still has their relentless endurance, which gives at least two rounds left of this of your loved one, and the rest of the fight will never know. But at least he missed that one. Cool. 
All right. Well, that concludes the one minute one shot of the very high level, very high level one minute one shot. You know what? And also, can I just say I came up with another idea just now? Let's do it. I would have wished that Vecna only knew healing spells. So then Finger of Death was actually Finger of yeah, Life. Or, or Cure Wounds or something. That yeah. right there is some fucking That'd be pretty chess, good. big brain right on. Yeah. Oh, wait. Right. Is, wait sorry. That one uh, I'm going to go keep going for a second. because Let's just do this all night. We got... We, uh, this is too good. This finger too finger of Death is a... a, a um, seventh level spell. Seventh level spell. I was just looking because it's a vocal somatic, but he probably can just cast it without speaking. So I was going to say... He's a fucking god. Yeah. So yeah... He could pretty much cast anything without speaking. Yeah. Never mind. But with that all aside, all of you guys, let us know what your wish would have been in the comments, please, because wish is something that not very many people get to actually cast. And so that's why I thought that this was going to be so interesting is to see what you guys would do. So please, all of our listeners leave a comment what kind of a wish would you do in that situation but I got one, one more I got one more oh, oh yeah alright alright last one last one last one I wish what do you do for Vecna's phylactery to be destroyed okay there you go that way he gets fucked right. anyways alright so. well not that he can't make another one but god of liches <laughs> you think he only has one phylactery with his phylactery with his phylactery gun he he is now like mildly mildly annoyed as he is a god and he can he can still stay there without his phylactery Not whole dimensions of phylacteries but Probably. without a side I, I wish, I wish for our, Torm I wish for Torm to be there <laughs> Torm just appears and fucking slams him to the side no D&D discussion times yes Ryan yes you have a topic that you would like to talk about it's a very brief topic. Um, it happened recently in one of my games when I'm playing with Johnny, uh, where I'm the DM. And my question is, how often and how much should the DM be changing the story on the fly? Because like we always joke about like, oh, like oh, that's a good idea. I'll take that note down like in your head. Like oh, just joking. But sometimes that actually sometimes happens. Really do it. Yeah. I, I had two instances in the same session with Johnny that I did that. And I'm asking, like, how often should you do it? Like, in, in this instance, what had happened was uh, I had an encounter set up where it was the middle of the night, and it was in Tomb of Annihilation. They're in the jungle of Cholt, and they encountered some lizard folk that came upon the party who was basically going to make a meal out of them unless they had something to offer them. And Which they, we did. They did. They, uh, they just encountered alligators earlier in the day, and then they chopped them up and had meat, and they offered them alligator meat. And um, it's good stuff. They went back to sleep, and and the lizard folks slunked off into the the, the forest. And that was going to be the encounter they had for the night. But then one of my other players, Kevin, he asked like, "Oh, do I need to do a a perception check for my my turn to take shift?" Because they were all taking shifts, and it's a very structured watch that they do for the night. And so, oh yeah, I guess you do need to do that. It's like I guess they will come back. And so I, I, I changed it up on the fly. It's like, oh, even though they gave them something, like, yeah, I'm going to encounter, like, have them come back. Because, honestly, that, that was the last thing I had planned for the day, for, like, the actual session. And we were, like, at least 45 minutes before we normally ended. It's like, well, I kind of wanted to do this encounter, so I'll bring them back. And that makes sense that they'd come back anyways. So I changed that. 
And then the other thing I changed about it is I notated earlier or, or said that the one of the lizard folk, which was the caster, had an amulet around his neck. Now, I was mainly saying that he had an amulet around his neck just to showcase that he was different than the other fighting ones and he was a caster. But Johnny took it as, like, oh, it's a magic item probably or something special. And honestly, it wasn't. That's what I would think too, but yeah. because he said that, it was like, oh, because he, he mentioned it. something. Like, oh, I want to see what that amulet is. Like, oh, yeah, I'm taking a note down about that. I'm going to make that a magic item. And so I made it a pair apt of wound closure, which is a very good item for especially Tomb of Annihilation, because if you die, you're dead permanently until the end of the People adventure. People die when they are killed, yeah. Uh, because you can't resurrect in that campaign. And oh, shit. Yeah, like it, it, it completely does not work until the end of mm. the adventure because there's wow. a curse. Wild. And um, wound closure, the pair apt of wound closure basically makes it so every time you have to do death saves, you're stabilized. They keep adding cool. up. So unless oh, that you is good. So unless you you get um healed up healed or up like that. You the the stage will still add up and they don't reset. But it makes it so you're at least always stable and you're never gotcha. ever okay. bleeding out. But that those are just two instances in the same session where I changed it up on the fly just because like oh that's a good idea. And so that's my question for you guys, how much do you should you do that? I think simple answer you should do it whenever the hell you want to like if something comes up that's cool like you should just roll with it you know it's a fluid like storytelling tool D, and i think if you like think of something you can make it work you have a good idea that you hadn't thought of before just work it in and and you know see where it takes you i think that this this whole discussion is <clears throat> in a different perspective than what i would say is that it is okay to do this. Um, a lot of people, I would I would assume, are very much, they read the book and they're like, no, this is here, we cannot change it. I know that I was like that to a certain extent when I first started DMing. Um, and I think that it's a good way to start to learn how to homebrew and how to introduce aspects of your own story into the story that's already being told um I've done it multiple times in your guys's campaign currently um I I can't I really it. even think of anything really even know like no exactly your players and, aren't gonna know anything you don't tell them if you play it off like you planned it the whole time they'll never know and that's and that's what I tend to do is I act like it is a part of it and it's always been a part of it and I don't retcon because of that reason is I will if if something happens that I wasn't expecting I will roll with it and then I will explain it later after the session when I write the rest of the stuff that's what I like to do because I don't like retconning in the sense where doesn't it feel earned. You know, you have a story and then and then it's like, oh, just kidding, that actually didn't happen. We're gonna rewind the story and then do it over again. It yeah. just it, it, I think, it, it I think takes away that like, small details that you might have looked over or something is fine. But yeah, re, you, you in don't want to retcon like a, yeah. Yeah. I, I like doing those like in the entire like an encounter or exactly. anything like that. Like, oh, I forgot major. that the dragon had resistance to this. I don't, I want to retcon. I, I, yeah, just stuff like that. That I, shit I, happens I, all the time when you, you don't got to worry about it. My perspective as a player and as someone who isn't a DM is that I feel like you should do it if it makes sense, if you want to, but I don't think you should do it every time. And that's for me because as a player, 
I want to be incentivized to ask the right kinds of questions, but I don't want to be rewarded every time I do something that's clever because I want to always be guessing. Sometimes I want to, like, if I saw a lizard guy wearing uh, an amulet and I decided I want that amulet and we end up slaughtering the lizard people to get it, it would also be kind of funny if I then found out, oh, it's just—it's—it's it's just an amulet. You committed a murder for just for Man, nothing. We've done Good that job. shit multiple times. Um, so, so from that perspective, I think that it allows a, good point. a lot of really fun creativity. Where I always want to be kept guessing as a player, and I think that that's also what's I, as someone who hasn't been a DM, I feel like that's also part of the joy of being a DM is getting to you know be the lord of your own creation. And uh, and just keeping things fresh and unpredictable is what makes D and D fun for me. Mm, definitely, I think that it's it's definitely a balancing game, and you will always get better as you continue to make it make those decisions. Um, like like Daniel said, I think that there there is a point that's too much. Um, I think that you should stick to the guns that you want to stick to. I don't even know how to how to explain it. I mean, like. There are big story moments that make sense. And if somebody says a certain thing that you're like, oh, that might be better. You also can just if they do it, you know, two sessions before, maybe just take that note down first and then, you know, think about it after. And it's also okay if, you know, your idea that you had doesn't pan out the way that you want. And you can, like, end the session early and just hang out with your friends and play games and say, hey, guys, uh... I don't know if this is actually going the way that I thought it was going to go. Do you guys just mind if we just end it here and then I take a take a week to think it over? You mm-hmm. know, stuff like that. Which I will so- add that actually happened in our last session that we did last <laughs> weekend because uh, it happens. Yeah, they they had they're going through the jungle. Uh, they're going down a river in a canoe with a travel guide to help them get through the jungle. And unfortunately, the travel guide was having issues navigating themselves, and so they got lost a little bit and. In the process of, I mean, at this point, they had got back on the track and they're going the right way, but uh, they had an encounter uh, with uh, some assassin vines, vines, which are pretty hefty things when you're fighting against level two people. And uh, they were able to get out of that situation alive with the, because they had two NPCs with them. They had a person they were escorting. And then, uh, which was like a kind of like a priest paladin, and they had a a the travel guide, and and the travel guide unfortunately died. And I was not anticipating for them to have that guide die in the middle of the jungle. Uh, <laughs> and yeah, so they were either. Turns out we're actually doing better without him, anyways. <laughs> so it's fine. <laughs> Why did we even pay the guy? So I don't know. So hard to find good help these days. <laughs> I was not expecting him to die, and so I was—I had a couple other encounters planned while they were lost because I pre-rolled his navigation check, so I knew where they were going to be roughly going. Um, but because he died and they had to make their own survival checks, they ended up passing them, unlike he did. And so they were back on the trail of where they needed to go, and they got to uh, Camp Righteous, which was a little outpost that was destroyed. And I was not prepared for them to be in that, so I had not had that section prepared. And so I had to cut it off because Johnny was asking, okay, I'm popping off my my cleric's ability to see eyes of the grave. He had to see any yeah. undead in the area. And I, I couldn't tell him one way or not if there were undead in the area. 
and yeah, and he was like, hey, I don't know. We'll we'll have to pick it up next session. I was like, cool. Sounds good to me. I'm willing to wait, you know, and, and that's that's the thing is that, you know, as a player, you have to be OK with that as well. You know, with the DM, you have to be OK with saying that. But the players have to reciprocate that, you know, OKness. Be like, OK, I as Just a player cool. want to make sure that the story is better than improv only. You know, like, I want to make sure that the DM has enough time to make sure that he knows what's going on, or they know, sorry, uh, that the DM knows what's going on, and that they're ready, you know? So, yeah. Which I'm glad I did, because after the session, I was reading a little bit into it, and there was some interesting things about that little camp that if I had was reading it on the fly, it definitely wouldn't have gone very well. Um, so... That's good. So I will yeah. say also to your point earlier, like if your players, I do this shit all the time. If your players, like if you dodge around something you've prepared, like if you have a really good encounter or trap or something you're really proud of and your, your players just go completely around it and miss it. You just pick that shit up, put it in another spot. Mm, in your move it on over. Yep. Move it over. They'll never know it was there. Oh yeah. I mean, and all so those encounters I had planned, they're still going to be there just oh, yeah. in a different location. Like, you don't need but... to trash anything. You just pick it up, move it away. No one will ever know. Yeah. So just be flexible and mm, it's an you know, whenever you have a good idea, it just run with it and you know, have a good, good sense of balance, but test it out. Whatever you think is going to be the most fun. Yeah. You're so, better at it. Daniel, you wanted yes. to talk about a few things? I certainly did. Um, so, as uh, I think I've alluded to on previous episodes of our podcast, um, I love to play casters. I like magic. Um, even when I'm not necessarily playing like a warlock or a sorcerer, I like to play classes like paladins, um, where you get a lot of spell utility um, in kind of your day-to-day sort of interactions. Um, and so what I kind of want to talk about was people's favorite spells, um, because we've had a couple of really cool spell moments lately, and I've sort of developed uh, a great affinity for some spells that I did not originally pick for the purposes that I've been using them for. Um, so I was just wondering um, what you guys, what your guys' favorite spells were, and wish. I thought maybe we'd Defin- start out with, uh, with, with you, Zach. Defin- you, you, uh, you got one you want to say? Yeah, definitely wish. Uh, wish is pretty good. Because you can wish for whatever you want. Okay, so that's not exactly what I was thinking. But if Um, that's really your answer, that's no. It's not. It's not my answer. I just thought it was funny um, from before. I actually really like. I don't play that. Like most of my time, I play more combat centric, uh, like up in your face melee fighters. Like I played a monk for a super long time, but I haven't like playing a warlock recently, and I haven't had a lot of fun with spells. And my favorite types of spells are actually cantrips. I really love the simple, like, little utility spells that you can do, like, a little effect to change the game. Like, I love Minor Illusion. I've been using that a lot and getting a lot of use out of it. I mean, um, heck, even we we put Mending to use a lot in yeah, the Yeah, I was using Mending. We, were, we went on this bridge. big-ass rickety bridge, and I mended the whole thing. Um, Good. You know, I remember using Minor Illusion to, like, hide really like it was a split decision of like somebody was about to turn a corner and I like put up an illusion barrier so they wouldn't see me I just love using little cantrips in small little ways like really clever effects Ryan uh, do you have a favorite spell 
Um, that's tough. Like, I, I like using major image in the sense of like thinking about things. I mean, it's hasn't really come up yet to have to use it. Um, but it's tough. Like, there's so many good spells is the problem. Um, I know I, I put out a couple uh, a new spells on my list to get for fourth level. Um, I'm trying to remember what they were. Uh, greater invisibility is crazy. Like, the fact that you can just run around invisible, as long as you're not fighting somebody that can see you, you get advantage on every attack. That's pretty crazy. And you um, don't get opportunity attacks. Yeah. Um, Johnny, do you have a favorite spell? Uh, fireball. Okay, sure. Great pitch. Yeah. Alright, that was Yeah, why not? Um, yeah, why not? No, actually, I like... Um, I'm kind of looking through... Wizards, I'm a forever DM in air quotes. Um, I like wizards a lot. Um, but at the same time, I also like ugh, clerics. Anyways. So you can't, be saying, that, you can't be saying you're a forever DM no, you're anymore. You're right. You're right. You're right. Yeah. I'm right. playing in your thing. Yeah. Yep. You're right. Um, the one that I really like as a wizard and it's a third level spell, but it's a ritual spell, which is one of the biggest reasons why I like it is Lehman's tiny hut. It is extremely useful. So you create a dome, which basically you can sleep in. It lasts for eight hours and it, the casting time is one minute. If you cast it regularly or as a, as a wizard, you don't have to have it prepared and you can cast it as a ritual, which will, uh, it'll take 11 minutes to cast. No, I think it's an hour. If you're doing a ritual as ritual, you just add 10 minutes. Oh, Okay. Never mind. And then, so it'll be 11 minutes to cast. It'll last eight hours. So you get the full rest. You don't have to set up a watch. You can just continue. And it fits nine creatures of medium size or smaller inside okay, the dome. So usually inside, party in there. Yeah, you can put a full party in there and NPCs if you want. Um, everything inside of it has... Uh, you can make the atmosphere comfortable and dry regardless of the weather outside so you could be in like the winter mountains like at the very peak where it's cold as shit and then inside of the dome it is nice and warm room temperature there's no snow it's just dry and you can have a campfire and one of the greatest parts is on the outside you can create uh you can't see within it and you can make it any color that you would like to make it look like uh maybe if you are in snow you can make it white so that it you know, blends in it's with like the camouflage. surroundings. Exactly. Really pleasant. Cool. That's and nice. from the inside, you can see out. So Rack. I think it's a really that good. That is a super nice spell. It's a really for, good spell. For me. Um, what are your favorites, Daniel? What's your, I, what's your favorite? I mean, I'm going to cheat and I'm going to say two, uh, but I asked the question so I can do that. We, we talk about as many spells as we want to. And so for me, the two, one of them is, um, is, is, is Zone of Truth, uh, which is one that I discovered when I was playing my paladin, good old Gert Klergergen. Um, and what makes Zone of Truth so fun for me is that it's useful in so many different kinds of scenarios. It is not, I mean, it's obviously not really a combat spell, um, but it allows you a little bit more leeway to try and get information from other characters while you are investigating, but there's also kind of this fun level of, it can fail and sometimes that can put you in these interesting circumstances it just allows you another kind of way to manipulate the game in your favor um 
and you know try and try and 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 achieve something else that you want um the other spell which is one that i've kind of discovered recently that i've used a lot in our current campaign is thunderous step uh so the original reason why i picked this up third level spell uh, was mostly just as a teleport. I didn't want Misty Step because I thought Misty Step was a little bit boring. Shoutouts um, to Misty Step, though. That's still really a cool good. spell. Nothing wrong with it. It just wasn't, you know, it didn't really make sense for my character, who's like kind of chaotic and highly charged and uh, makes ra- decisions very rashly and quickly. Um, and what I realized about the spell was it's it is a teleport, which is great because as a caster, you want to be able to get put some space between you and the people that you're fighting. But what I realized is it's a great tool to rescue your friends. Because as a caster, you can hang out in the back of a fight. If somebody who is in your party gets surrounded, you run up to them, touch them, teleport you and your buddy away, and then you fucking lightning strike everybody who's yep. around them. Just and big it's old 3d10, <laughs> I believe, is the is, are the damage dice. Something like that, yeah. Um, so... And it's, it's, a, it's a guaranteed hit. I believe they roll a save, and then they take either half damage or full damage. So you're guaranteed, you're guaranteed a hit. Um, I mean, I took out like four enemies or something the last time I used it in the circum in the the environment that we were in last time. There were just some enemies surrounding our wizard, and I wanted to get our wizard out of there. And I happened to teleport away, and it just so happened to roll huge damage. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, it rolled some so- pretty big damage, and the things weren't the strongest. They were like minion type creatures. But yes, yeah, you you just destroyed. The like I had this entire encounter, which wasn't supposed to be like a crazy encounter. It was just supposed to be like you know a a, a roadblock, a primer a, for right. or a, a later encounter, right? And so you know the first the first monster did a hell of a lot of damage, and it was like whoa, okay. And then there was a lot of other smaller creatures that were there as well to kind of get their attention as well. But all of them pretty much died immediately when Thunderstep was cast. It was just like gone, 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 gone. They didn't have enough hit points to stand up to that. So it was it was interesting. But yeah. And, and that's kind of been my goal as I've really tried to lean further in to the caster role is figuring out a way to make my spells something that's a little bit more interesting. Because before, I mean, especially I think when everybody starts out, you just kind of stack damage, right? You just kind of take a bunch of damaging spells and you assume that most of the utility that you're going to get, especially from leveled spells, is going to come from combat. And then you have cantrips like Binar Illusion or whatever, and then those are going to be the spells that you use in um, other circumstances. And what I've been trying to do lately is try and come up with more creative ways to use my spells that a person who has magic at their fingertips might actually do in their day-to-day life. The circumstance that made me want to kind of talk about this and ask this question was one of the spells that my character had previously had, but that I had unequipped, and now I might reattach, re- reapply now that I kind of have thought through it a little bit more, was Maximilian's Earthen Grasp. Um, I think it's second or first level. I think it's second. Um, within yeah, like a really good feet, use for this. Within like 60 use. feet or something, you can basically summon um, like a a person sized earthen fist, which you can use to basically like grab something or do whatever you want. It's fully in your control. And we had a character who had fallen off of a cliff and was down on the cliff side. And I realized, hey, if I cast this spell, I can throw out a hand and just carry him right back up top. Like, mm-hmm. And, and that was a Did really that. big moment for me when I started to realize, like, oh, Utility. maybe I hmm. should 
cut down on the number of damaging spells I have. Maybe have one damaging spell per level and then use my other spell slots to potentially manipulate the circumstances more to my advantage and potentially save some things without taking time or putting our party in danger because in the time it took for us to rescue this character um who knows something else could have come up on us and then wrecked us um so yeah yeah i um that's actually how i tried to like pick my spells for as a warlock because you know i've got eldritch blast so i've got damage locked like there's hardly gonna be anything better there's rarely a better choice damage wise than eldritch blast shout out to eldritch blast one of the best spells in the game so i pick stuff like darkness cause fear all these sorts of things where i can try to like not do damage but like turn the tide of the whole battlefield and like gain some advantage against all the opponents and i actually do want to pick another spell as one of my favorites that i haven't used but i've seen you daniel make great use of and that's sleep i think sleep is an incredibly effective spell because you don't actually have to do the damage you just have to roll enough theoretical dice to knock someone out and or plenty of people out yeah i think that uh, in a little bit later levels, it starts to become a little bit less effective. I'm just probably because... going to unequip sleep because I tried to use it this last session and realized, oh, well, you know, they can't if all be I winners, fight but... anything with more than 30 health, I've got to roll like out <laughs> of my fucking mind if I'm going to put anything to sleep. That's that's but at a lower level, it is completely effective as well. And I use as it a few times. If you, mm-hmm. Yeah. And if you really if you spell. use it um, outside of battle, like towards maybe somebody that you're chasing and you pop off a few shots and then you're finally trying to catch up to them and end this chase scene. Oh, shit, I used it in our our one shot in the fairy coffins to put that fairy Oh, yeah, you did, yeah. Yeah, and that was, like, super useful. I'm super proud of that one. Yeah, that was a really good good use. So I I have a couple spells. One is animate objects, which can't fight against a dragon... Uh, I know Sabrina tried to do that with animate objects. They're just going to get obliterated immediately. But animate objects is crazy because you just animate. I mean, it depends on the size of things you're animating. If you're animating something tiny like a coin, which is what I would do, you can up do, I think, up to 10 of them. And then you can upcast it, getting an additional, I think, thing per spell level. Um, and depending on the size of the thing that you animate, they have different statistics. Uh, you know, the tiny, you have 20 health per each thing so like if you have 10 things that's 200 health versus you know amount and of course the other thing with the tiny things is they're harder to hit so the ac to hit them is 18 which is why it doesn't work against a dragon because they just have dragon breath that just uh, area effect it doesn't matter if it hits is not good Yeah. yeah so the cool thing about with the the tiny animated objects you can have 10 coins or 10 pebbles that you just animate you have 10 of them now and they all do plus eight to hit which is pretty good and they do all 1d4 plus four damage they're all stronger than a a magic missile and if you hit with all 10 of them you immediately get 40 confirmed damage plus another up to another 40 damage so you're you're guaranteed to get I mean, if you if you hit twenty-five on average, on average, so twenty-five on top of so sixty-five average damage from Whoa. all ten hitting. So like, yeah, if yeah, if you and you get that every round, they don't go away. They 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 last for a minute. So as as long as they don't get destroyed, you can hit with every single thing as a 
bonus action, and then you still have your action to do something else. So, like, it's pretty As crazy. As a brief aside, when you mentioned animating a coin, uh, the first thing that I pictured in my head was, guys, remember that SpongeBob episode where he makes his he picks he makes he has makes new three new best friends and it's like a used oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. and a chip and a penny anyway mm-hmm. that's all uh, <laughs> yeah. way out of left field doesn't, doesn't ring thinking, a bell for me okay that's a good episode good I'm thinking solid of Gambit, episode but making all of them out of playing cards oh, that'd, sure. be yeah. that'd be pretty that'd sick be pretty cool. that'd be sick but, um, but that's cool that's that cool, cool idea uh, lastly, I just want to say uh, I totally thought of uh, one more solution to our one minute one shot. All right, speaking of spells, here it is. That's when my eyes went really big for a second. So I got two ones. Here, here's the first one. I wish for Vecna to become a snail. Okay. So, just, so you're throwing polymorph. Yeah. Shoutouts to polymorph. So Another there's there's super that. Good spell. And then okay. secondly, the other idea is I wish Vecna to be incapacitated. Okay. Because then he can't take any actions and he can't take any reactions. He's just incapacitated. Okay. Actually, no. Sorry. Uh, it's either that or, or petrified. But either either way. That, oh. So, just All take right. him out of the equation completely. Uh, I uh, I have I have also I have one I want to mention. <laughs> oh my god, uh, let's do so it! I'm gonna, let's do it. So I'm gonna cast wish, and my wish is gonna be that I'm gonna cast. Uh, how do you how do you pronounce the name of the spell? Uh, uh, geese. Uh, guys. G e a s guys. Uh. You know that G-A-I-S? spell? G a i s. G e a s. Gias. Do you know the spell? I have no idea. No. This is a sixth spell. Know. Oh. Uh, slash enchantment. It's a fifth level spell. Um, uh, basically, uh, you command a creature, uh, you can see within range to do, uh, whatever you want. Uh, and I would tell Vecna, uh, to, Wait, to, um, to, How's it to be my, my new best friend. G-E-A-S. Okay. I was joking, so but that actually, that actually is pronounced Gios. The only problem I can see with that, unfortunately, would be that it requires a save. And he has to be charmed. So I don't know if he has immunity to charming. Honestly, I didn't. I didn't want to look up his uh, his statistics. I just wanted to see what what kind of uh, answers you guys had for for Real wishes. Um, I'm sticking with my answer. I came with the best one on the first try. Yep. Sticking with it. Don't just magic is gone. Yep. Cool. All right. Well, with that, I think we're done with answering the one minute. Spells one are shot. pretty good. All right, guys. With everything out of the way, we're going to start talking about Wandavision. So if you don't want to hear any spoilers, go ahead and stop listening now. Thank you so much for listening to our episode so far. You guys are great, but you don't want to hear any WandaVision. So go ahead and stop listening. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Bye. And hello. For those who have stayed. For those who have stayed. Who, wait, hang on. Who gets the joke about making some ridiculous claim about the, uh, the finale? Who's it going to be? Uh, I take okay, great. I claim it. Do you guys remember when the predator came in and kissed Vision? It was so good. That was my favorite oh my part. Yeah. Oh my god. What I never expected were that her children were xenomorphs the entire time. Oh shit! It's a secret AVP sequel in the middle so, of the MCU. You're so fucking stupid. So. <laughs> yeah. How did you guys feel about it? How, how how did things turn out the way you imagined, Daniel? I'll, I'll let you go first since you thought that. Uh, Agnes was not evil. Yes, yes I, I, did I didn't think either. That. 
I did think that. I was certain. I I was playing like three dimensional chess when in reality it was just normal chess. Um, I I enjoyed the show. I gotta say. So in my opinion, the show for me as a whole is a nine out of ten. Uh, the episodes for me leading up to the finale were either nines or tens across the board. I loved what they were doing. I loved the theme. The acting is amazing. The writing is fantastic. Nothing. There's nothing there to let me down. The set design, the everything. Everything is fantastic. For me, the finale was probably like an eight out of ten or a seven and a half. And I there agree. are very specific reasons that. for that. Yeah. But that's basically kind of how I felt about the thing as a whole. As a whole, still, 9 out of 10. This final is a super episode, strong show. Slightly I really disappointing. There are specific reasons for that, but I'll let everyone else give their opinions first. Zach, what about you? Uh, I mean, so I probably know the least about the comics of the whole thing, so I went into this kind of blind. Um, I think there, I think superheroes are cool. I like Scarlet Witch a lot from what I've heard. She's very good. Um, I think... For me, the the beginning episodes where they were like full sitcom, like I said last time, like the more sitcom episodes were stronger for me. Those were my favorite too. I just thought it was like a cool idea of having like characters in this completely different genre. But as stuff started to unfold, mysteries revealed, all that stuff, kind of stuff, I got really into it. I thought it was it was very good. Johnny. I think I think that I think the sitcom episodes were my favorite because they were so novel. And then it got into the regular show, and then I I like it. It just I lo- I thought that the the sitcoms were the more novel pieces, and I was like, oh, this is new, this is cool, I like it. And then it you know, and then they had that like bit of mystery as to what was going to happen next. I liked the whole thing, but yes, I do agree. There were some parts in the very end where I was like, eh, okay, that could have been better, or you know, yeah, it been certain a things. Tired, like that. But you know, not bad. Ryan, what'd so you think? I. What I did the day that the finale came out, because uh, I didn't work that day, uh, my my day job anyways, and so I spent the day rewatching, starting with Age of Ultron, and then went to oh, wow, went to Civil War with Captain America three, and then I watched uh, Infinity War, and then I was going to watch Endgame, but I didn't end up having time before the the finale came out. Uh, to then also binge watch all of WandaVision up to the finale, so I stopped with Infinity War. And I, I watched through episodes one through eight of, of WandaVision right when episode nine went live. I had a few connectivity issues with Disney Plus because it wasn't working for me quite yet. But then Rough. it worked. And then finally right I watched episode end. nine. And uh, it was definitely interesting uh, being able to rewatch it fully in like a, a binge setting. Uh, to just kind of see things that obviously I had already seen before and just kind of pick up on other things. Um, I haven't watched some of those movies Agnes. in years. Yeah, no, it, it was yeah, it was honestly it was really cool to do that. Um, I really enjoyed it. The that finale, the finale, definitely. It was not my least favorite episode by any means. Uh, it, it was. I'd probably agree with Daniel. It's probably like an eight out of ten for me. It was still really fun. It was really exciting. The way they handled Vision. What was your least favorite episode then? I'm trying to remember, like. Because um, you said it wasn't your least favorite episode. Well, Which honestly, one was? I, I honestly, I don't have one that I can think of okay. right now. Okay, but okay. I, I just mind. know, I know, I just didn't dislike it. Is yeah, what yeah, I guess yeah, what yeah, I'm yeah. saying. Okay. Um, but I would say uh, the way they handled Vision with the the White Vision is very interesting. Uh, the way they wrapped that up because obviously they were having some really cool fight scenes in there, which is another thing is 
Vision was a very unique fight scene. You don't have two flying characters can phase through each other, lock into them. So it was a really cool dynamic fight. That was a cool idea, yeah. And then, and then of course, you got the really cool philosophical side of it, where he basically now has given White Vision all of his vision vision memories memories and so Which, and then potentially a little bit of mind stone juice right right because you saw it change from blue to yellow and then back to blue but one of the things that it like going into that philosophical thing is what makes a person is it their memories good question see the writing mm-hmm. the writing on the show Could is so good it's uh, very good everything yeah. in the show is so purposeful so distinctly there for a reason Mm-hmm. Like um, most Marvel movies, yeah. One thing that I did like, uh, just going back to it, because I know in the first episode, me and Daniel are talking right after it happened, uh, where it's all about the the dinner party, and there is the heart on the calendar. We are reading so much into that heart. It's like, hmm, what does that heart mean? <laughs> and obviously, it was just the episode. It was just the trope, which is a, hilarious. Yeah, that's but funny. There's got to be red herrings, or you know, the real meat. The real uh, reveals aren't going to mean anything. But, okay, that's what I was going to say as well, is the reveals were done so well. Each episode made you think about something else. And you then had different questions every you, episode. You had different questions every episode, and, and which means whoever was... It would hook you for the next episode. Whoever was the direct showrunner or, or, or editor controlling the edits, they did a, such a good job, or with whatever focus group audience they were showing this show to... Because they basically were taking everything that you're thinking as an audience, and then they were they were editing towards that, and very purposely flipping everything on its head every episode. They to were subverting expectations very well. Yeah. Yes, I have one thing, one character that I did not like, and it's oh, shit, the, drama. the only the only reason. Who was it? Tell us the name. It Who was, was it? it was what's that that technology person? What was her name? Darcy. Darcy? Darcy, I couldn't stand Aww, Darcy. No, really? Darcy's great. Because, oh, shit, like and the Darcy. only reason why, the only reason why is because she likes Mia She was, she was Mia basically Mia? a plot tool. She was an astrophysicist, but she somehow knew how to hack into computers. She was the person that went into the hex and then decided to have Vision be uh, with her and her explaining everything. She was just a plot point to okay. further the story. And I just, I, I they could have done so much more different things with her and it just, it felt really I can shallow. See that. It didn't bother me, but I can, I can see where you're coming from. That relates to, I only had three issues with the final episode. One of them was, I wish we'd had a better conclusion for the supporting characters. I like those guys. I like Darcy and Jimmy and... Um, <laughs> Boner. Uh, that other person. Monica. Uh, Monica, yeah, exactly. Yeah, so, okay, uh, there was one. I like them we'll all. I didn't feel like necessarily they all got really nice conclusions. Monica did. The other two didn't really. Um, I, I, You know, the, the, the witch fight wasn't as, as interesting as maybe little... it could have been. The, the conclusion the of the fight was a little weird for me. The conclusion was, of the witch fight was yeah, there. It was really sick. Good. The first oh, that half, was so cool. The first half I wasn't as excited by. <laughs> now, the first half felt like it was kind of goofy, where they're like flying around and like waving at each other. It, it didn't quite work for me that yeah. part. But. but here's the thing, though, and here's my main gripe: the writers are so clever, and the show is so good that I feel like they cheaped out just a little bit. With Evan Peters as Pietro. 
And I let agree. me explain what I, I mean by that. Is in a show where they, they attempt to answer every question that I have, there is only one nagging issue in the back of my mind. I don't even care that he wasn't really the Evan Peters that we know from the X-Men universe. That's fine. That was a stretch. That was a long shot. Would have been rad, though. It would. It was a cool twist. It was a great twist. How did he get the super speed, though, guys? How did he get the super speed? Did Agatha give him that? Because the way that we understand her power is that she's very powerful, but that she doesn't have the same kind of power as Scarlet Witch, right? She can't control people. She she needed to, to just control one person. She needed this this beaded necklace, right? Well, here's How, did she give him super speed? What was that about? Here's the way I extension. could see it. Uh, being that she made him supposed to be fitting in as Quicksilver, it could have been Wanda that then put that then upon put, him. Yeah, potentially. Okay. Because, but then she recognized him as Pietro. She right. recognized him as Pietro, which he didn't look like Pietro. Right, so but then, he, he he did have a very clear dialogue to her that yes. purposely said like, "Hey, sis," hey, or, or "sister," so, right, yeah, so, something right. like that. Right. So, so then she might have put that on top of it, maybe. So that was my yeah. only like gripe. Was it seemed they 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 definitely they wanted us to believe it was one thing so that way they could get us with the fake out reveal. It was clearly it was it was something that was in the show specifically to get the fans riled up, which again totally cool. They pulled it off very well. I just I didn't feel like they completely justified and explained the weird stuff that was going on. I felt like they they cheaped out just a little bit. Very small gripe again, not in the grand scheme of things, not very important. I I completely agree as well. Obviously, it's not the huge deal in the end of the, the world. But here's the thing that really sucks, I think, about the finale was how they handled um, Tyler Haywood. Is that what his name was? The the oh, yeah, antagonist the sword. Yeah. He was just Oh, he didn't really terrible. amount to anything. He didn't, yeah. he, he didn't end up doing anything. He ended up being really crazy, and he was just shooting at Wanda's kids who weren't even real anyways. Like He just went total evil bad guy for no reason. And I will say this is because I had heard now uh, after it has come out last year because of, of COVID and the pandemic and stuff and the shutdown, they had actually a lot more scenes shot. And and also this will go to your, your complaint as well, Daniel, about not having good closure for the characters because Darcy and Monica and, and um, the Evan Peters, not, uh, not Quicksilver. Boner. Yeah, yeah. Ralph Boner. Ralph Boner. Yeah. Th- those characters actually were supposed to have a huge another scene all together, or maybe not all together, but they were supposed to have a huge another thing. But because of COVID, they weren't able to complete those scenes to their their That's full extent, so they had to cut it. Mm. Same thing with Tyler Haywood. Apparently, there was a whole bunch of other sword stuff that was happening in the real world outside the the hex that we're supposed to see throughout the entire series. But because of COVID, or or maybe some other reason, they had to cut it for for whatever reason. That so, makes sense. That's kind of a, a, a big bummer in that aspect is that we lose out on that story that they could have told because Tyler Harrywood's character, he was he was a good actor. He did a really good job in the role. The role just sucked, and it, it wasn't like the his reason. Character. It yeah. felt like the reason why they kept it in, in the politest way possible, was because they needed to bring Vision back into the Marvel Cinematic Universe. They needed that character to bring back White Vision to have the fight. To get his memories and then I feel like that's show up in it's some cool capacity thing. in the next yeah. big Marvel movie, which is cool. Again, totally fine. I understand why that had to happen. Um, I was I was a little disappointed that that it felt like some of those characters were constrained to just 
creating that bridge between the different properties. I agree. But again, some of that just has to be. But you, not everything can be perfect. You know, and it was a small part of the show. The way the way they let off with at least the post credit scenes for for Monica and and um, Jimmy, like Jimmy, obviously he's such a fan favorite now. And like I was even reading an interview or a, a, an article very recently too, talking about how they've been in talks with him now uh, to do his own stuff because people have been asking for him to do his own like X-Files type thing with Darcy or something like that which could be interesting I'd watch it I'd watch it uh, but we will we will most definitely see him again in the Ant-Man 3 Quantumania because he's based in San Francisco and that's where the Ant-Man movies take place and then also there's going to be the, the Shang-Chi movie which also takes place in San Francisco partially which he might be in that who knows um, and then Darcy probably will be in Thor 4 I'm guessing, because uh, that comes out pretty soon, or not pretty soon, but it comes out relatively soon on their docket, uh, like two years from now. And then, uh, then I think Monica, she is going up to meet allegedly. I mean, they're implying they're going to go meet with Fury, Nick Fury, Nick Fury, right? Um, and end. and do that in space. Or stuff. Ben Mendelsohn, right? Or yeah, or either one. And then I imagine what will happen with that is she'll either pop up most definitely in Captain Marvel two. She'll probably be in the Secret Invasion TV series that they're doing, which is all based about scrolls. Um, oh, cool. So who knows yeah. what we're going to see with Exciting that. Exciting stuff in the future. All right. So the last question that I have is where did the White Vision go? Where do you guys think? I really assume To the next see, Marvel movie. Well, I mean, of yeah, course. Well, but like, I assumed where? like he was going to, after you know the Hex was taken care of and fake vision evaporated or whatever. I just assumed white vision was going to roll up and he was like, what's up? It's me again. I'm back. Right. When, when she was like destructing everything yeah. and then the, the, the house was gone and he would just be behind her saying, and like, Wanda, we can still you know, grow old here or something hey, like that. So that would have been great. See, but I, obviously they have a plan. Here's for it. Yeah, sure. they, they, they do obviously have a plan. What I but think it is effectively like vision. It's the old vision. Kind of more Maybe. or less. Kind of. Here's the thing. So they never he, confirmed it. They didn't confirm it, and the way I kind of read it is he now has the memories, but it's still a different person to him. He just got these memories. So, I guess so, but it is the same body. It, yes, is it, like? it is. There's, um, there's like a thing, there's like a movie or something, like you have other person's memories, and you kind of change. Oh, never mind. Okay. Uh, that's a... I'm not even going to bring it up anymore big, because that's a spoiler, spoiler for a video game. All right. Cool. Okay. Uh, um, all right. What I think. Are you about to spoil Cyberpunk for me? Ah, oh, shit. I thought it was a different video game you're talking about. Nope. <laughs> it was that one. Um, I think ultimately. <laughs> that's pretty funny. Um, I think ultimately he probably is just going to do soul searching and stuff like that. But. I think so. Here's my last question for everybody. And I, I'll I'll start with my answer as well. But what was your guys' favorite episode? My favorite episode was definitely the episode eight right before where she's going through all of her past memories and just seeing all that extra character background for Wanda. Because then you also got Vision's really other philosophical, most quotable quote. It's now a meme as well. Like, what is love if not... Or what is grief if not love persevering? Like, just all of those scenes were done so well. They didn't hold any punches like the scene when her parents were killed, like all, like they all oh, hit you in dude, the fields. That one, ooh. yeah, that was rough. Yeah, um, that one went pretty hard. I got an answer. My favorite, and I mentioned this before, was the second episode 
where they do the ma the magician contest because that was like such a fun like B plot, pure sitcom like nonsense. There was hardly any like it was still going, so there was hardly any like grand overarching plot. And like I would watch sixty episodes of that shit of them just hanging out in their little goofy town trying to hide their superpowers. I thought it was so much fun. Absolutely loved it. For me, I think it was episode six. That was the Halloween episode. Uh, that was my favorite. Mostly because for me, unlike you guys, although I loved the sitcom episodes, my favorite episodes were when we started to see everything kind of fall apart and we started to kind of see how all of what the impact of some of these choices and these circumstances could have on the characters themselves just as everything kind of starts to fall apart um that was where the show for me hit its peak i think that's where i where i kind of turned where i was like okay i guess like we're done with the sitcom now now the Marvel movie starts and we get start getting the cool reveals and shit. And that's that's kind of what that's exactly what happened is like because that was the Halloween one was like the Malcolm in the Middle one. And then there wasn't anything else. It was well, there, like no, there was they a, tried. It was like like there brief. was a mid 2000s episodes where they were that's doing true. interviews the and interview that was type. That was the best fucking joke in the whole show. I died when they cut to the first interview. It was amazing. Just just the fact that they like took you know the idea of a 2000s comedy where they like interview the the when i knew when i found out they were, that's what they were doing with the episode i died i was See, laughing so hard the fact that they so directly ripped off the office theme was hilarious yeah, <laughs> yeah. it was just it it had me rolling my favorite episode i think i'll i'll agree with ryan was the one where she was going back into her past it was it was definitely like the emotional hit and it was like mm -hmm. damn they're all strong like, I didn't for different even reasons no because we just we learned about them in Avengers Age of Ultron and they were just they had a background that you had no idea about. They were just like, yeah, we were just tested on and that yeah, was it. Yeah, and and they they mentioned it like in the movie as well when they're talking to Ultron like they Quicksilver talks to Ultron's like, "Oh, we we stood in our 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 basement of our our house for 2 days waiting for Tony Stark to kill us." Like they 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 verbally told you, but seeing yeah, it's completely you know, different it. anyways. And I also like the reveal on how they, they showcase that Wanda has her abilities. She's, she's always had them her whole life because they are alluding that she was a born a witch, which is really cool. Yeah, and which, she made that one a dud. Lastly, yeah. the fact that they also had Agatha's origin as well, which is kind of weird the way they did it with her magic sapping things. It was a good way to set it up. Um, the way they shot it was weird to me. But it was a really cool scene, and I, I thought that was a really cool... I think Agatha will come back for sure and do a lot of really great things in the future, and I'm looking forward to that as well. So, Also, Agatha, she took, she controlled Agatha, and then she got rid of the Hex. Where is she now? She's some. She's in that city. She's just, she's just in, West, in, in Westview. Yeah. Yeah. She just basically made a That's permanent cool. Hex okay. just on her. Just on her. Cool. Which, I was thinking about that when it was like coming in. I was like, wait, whoa, whoa, whoa. what happened to Agatha? Which, Whatever. Okay, so now I think the last thing we need to talk about now is what's, what's going to happen now with those post-credit scenes. She's now obviously in some Eastern European city, or not city, but like wilderness in the cabin where she's studying that book. Oh, uh, right, 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 right. Um, and She's going to bring back her family. Well. She's going to try and find a way to sure literally create her family. Sure. I I, I'm thinking that might be even a direct scene from Doctor Strange 2. Like she, so that's, that what, might, that's what I was gonna say. Yeah, it seems clear to me that that I still believe 
that, especially with the knowledge, I'm not going to go too deep into it because I, we don't know. It wasn't in the show, so I don't want to spend too much time talking about it. But what, with what we know about the scenes that they didn't get to film for the show, it still feels to me like there is some greater evil afoot here. There was There was a plan. There was somebody who wanted her to not only recognize that she was the Scarlet Witch, this chaos magic deity thing, but also wanted her to obtain the Darkhold. So it feels like that is going to somehow relate to where we're going to be going for the next couple of movies. And I really, I really like what Marvel's doing, how they're intermingling each of these heroes into each of their movies and how it's just continuing to become not an Avengers type of setting, but like they are all going to be a part of each other's universes Mm -hmm. from now on. Like that's how they're going to do it. And they have all those new characters that have been announced and it's really cool. I think that, you know, Marvel has a lot going for them, especially now with with the vaccine coming out. We're going to have a lot of, I think, a lot of content that they can start working Which on again. Which and- is super crazy how much stuff they're claiming to be released this year. Because we have, for Marvel, I mean, by the next time we record the next podcast, we're going to be talking about Falcon and the Winter Soldier. The first couple episodes of that will be out. And then, and then they're going to be releasing Black Widow in theory. And then yeah, they're right. going to be doing oh, yeah. uh, it's like Loki. Winter, though. Loki. Loki will oh. be coming out after that, which that looks like a pretty cool show. And yeah, then after that, in I'd July, that. we have Shang-Chi. And then this is this is where I'm getting crazy, like how much stuff they're releasing this year. They're supposedly releasing the Hawkeye show this year. I think they're releasing a Miss Marvel show this year. And I think there was one other. I can't think of it right now, but I think they're supposed to be, yeah, doing a lot. But anyways, that was... That was our spoiler talk. Yeah, thanks for uh, thanks for hanging in there. We really appreciate you guys listening, and hopefully you guys were entertained just as much as we were talking about this kind of thing. So uh, thank you guys so much for listening to our podcast. Uh, if you like what you heard, we release new episodes of our podcast on every third Tuesday of oh, each shit, month. Oh, shit, I wish for more wishes. You can't do that. I no, super can't. That's, no, that's impossible. The, yep, now I'm changing my answer. <laughs> <laughs> I'll free the genie. If you guys liked what you were listening to and you want to hear more of our chaotic dumbassness, go ahead and listen to our podcast episodes every third Tuesday of each month. And then as we stated, we have D&D content that we release every week that you can follow us on YouTube. Smash that bell button. Uh, Uh... um, leave a comment in the down below wish for more podcasts um, and we'll grant it uh all yeah anyways um if you have any ideas for any topics or anything like that that you guys want us to talk about go ahead and actually leave a comment below that would be really great really great or you can contact us on any of our social media platforms uh specifically we're we're really active on twitter um it's talking underscore xp which you can find us on pretty much any social media platform but like i said more more active on twitter so what's up all right well with that make sure to level up and we'll see you next time 